Girlfriends, episode number 273, Worthy of Wearing with Nicole Caruso. Hello and welcome to Girlfriends. I'm Danielle Bean. I'm a wife and a mom and I'm on a mission to help you know your worth as a woman so you can find peace, balance and joy in family living. This week, my special guest is Nicole Caruso who has a new book coming out about the concept of worthy of wearing. Let's find out what that's all about. Let's go. Hey, girlfriends, how are you? Thanks for being here. Always glad to be able to connect here on the podcast. If you're a first-time listener, I want to give you a special welcome to the Girlfriends Podcast. We are thrilled you are here. We hope you're going to like to be a part of our community and want to connect with us each week right here through the podcast. So I'm thrilled that you're here and giving us a try. If you're a long-time or sometime listener, welcome back. Also glad to have you here. This podcast is a community of women that is for you. And it is important that you are a part of it. You are an important part of it. So thank you for showing up. Thanks for being here. Thank you for sharing some of your time with me this week. So this week, I've got Nicole Caruso, who is a newly published author. She's got a new book that's coming out with Sophia Press. But before we dive into that, I just want to give you some updates on Whisper at this point. I think some of you might even be getting your copies. Let me know if that's you, if you have received your copy of Whisper, I want to hear all about it. But in the meantime, pre-orders are ongoing at ascensionpress.com. You can follow the link in the show notes to get your copy of Whisper, Finding God in the Everyday, which is my newest book, which is all about exactly what that says, all about being an everyday mystic, the ways in which we can connect with God without having to go outside of our everyday routines, the ways that God is looking to connect with us, the ways that He is present with us in even the very mundane, very simple, small moments of every day. So in the chapters, I look at how we connect with God through beauty, how we connect with God through other people, inside of our pain, in contentment, in prayer, in quiet, in stillness, all these different ways that God is waiting for you, looking to connect with you, even inside of your very busy life. So I'm praying this book is going to be a blessing to you. And I want to encourage you to go over and pre-order your copy because it is only by pre-ordering that you can get your free copy of the companion journal. Now, this companion journal is a very useful tool, whether you are part of a women's group or not. You can use it on your own for your own reflection, your own journaling time, As you're making your way through the book, spending some time in prayer, reflecting on the themes of each chapter, there are discussion questions based on the topics, uh, chapter by chapter, set up that way. Very easy to use on your own, but also very easy to use in a women's group if you're part of one. If you have a book club or a women's group at your parish, or even if you just have a couple of good girlfriends that you want to get together with once a week. This book's the perfect excuse. Get together for coffee or a glass of wine in the evening and go through the book chapter by chapter. It's a really fun way to connect with one another, but also dive deeper inside of these topics and look to grow in your connection to God inside of your everyday circumstances. All right, so that's the updates from Whisper. You get all of that over at ascensionpress.com. Now, I want to share with you this conversation that I had with Nicole. Honestly, I felt like I could have talked to her for two hours. I love this topic. I love her new book. I'm not going to share too much here now because you're going to hear all about it inside of our conversation. Here's Nicole Caruso. Take a listen. 
Hey, everybody. I am so happy and excited to be welcoming a friend here on Girlfriends today. Nicole Caruso is joining us today. Nicole is a professional makeup artist and beauty consultant, former beauty editor of Verily Magazine, and a homeschooling mother of three. Nicole's mission is to inspire women to invest in their self-worth with her movement, hashtag worthy of wearing. She wants women to live an integrated life where faith and style meet. And she does exactly that herself in her new book, Worthy of Wearing, How Personal Style Expresses Our Feminine Genius. You can learn more about Nicole and all of her work and all the fun stuff she's involved in at her website, NicoleMCaruso.com. We'll have that linked up in the show notes for you. But welcome, Nicole. I'm so glad you're able to join us here on Girlfriends. Thank you for having me, Danielle. It's a pleasure to be here. Absolutely. So let's just dive right into this topic, worthy of wearing. We will get to all the content in the books for sure. But this movement is really intriguing. This idea, hashtag worthy of wearing. What what do you mean by that? Well, worthy of wearing started because I had a uh, three-year-old little girl and a little baby under one. And I noticed that it, it was happening all over again, just like it did when she was a baby. I was I had this closet full of clothes I wasn't wearing. Mm. And I just kept getting dressed every day and feeling kind of lost, you know, lost in my day-to-day activities of being a stay-at-home mom. And I sort of had this old life hanging up in my closet and just kept <laughs> thinking, where is that girl? Right. <laughs> you know, and um, and I think we all do that to some extent. We have these beautiful things in our closet that make us feel joyful, that make us feel in touch with who we are. And we just keep saving them for another day. Mm-hmm. Um, so I started sharing this on Instagram. Instagram with some some women and they really resonated with the message as well. So it became worthy of wearing. Um, and it truly is just this mindset that we believe we're worthy of wearing those beautiful things. And when we do, incredible things happen. It's a mood lifter, our confidence grows, and we really start to shine that light in the world. I love that. So you have made personally an effort to just wear your clothes. Like even if you're just a mom, stay it at home just with the kids all day. And especially in this time of pandemic, many of us aren't going out anyway. What what are some of those side benefits that you mentioned that you can, that will happen if you get yourself dressed in the morning in a way that makes you feel good? You know, I find the days that I get dressed, I feel energized. Um, I feel a little bit more joyful. It's my, my disposition is more cheerful and my family really needs that for me. And I know that I can really best serve them when I'm feeling that way. And of course, you know, prayer is like the basis of all of this, but I really believe our clothing and the things we do to care for our physical body can give us this mood lift Um, and truly just make us more in touch with the beauty that Christ gave us. Yeah, that's a beautiful concept. And I I love that you've turned this into a book now. So what are are people going to find in the book? I like that, that subtitle, that tagline, how personal style expresses our feminine genius. I think many times we don't think of it that way. So what are we going to find inside of this book? So Worthy of Wearing is really a journey from understanding where self-worth comes from and who self-worth comes from and how we can connect our our story and all of the things that we've lived in our life, all of the beautiful travels we've taken, the experiences we've had, um, and, and really use that to help uncover our personal style, which is already there. Christ already put it there when he made us. And um, I think a lot of times women feel more confused like, how do I figure this out? And it's really already there. So you're going to mm-hmm. learn in the book very practically how to find what your personal style is and start creating a vision of what that looks like so that it best serves you in the mission that you do every day. 
Oh, I love that. And it's very practical and doable because I think many women find themselves in exactly that place. Like you feel like, oh, I, I don't know how to find my personal style or that doesn't, you know, that, that isn't a part of my life or I don't even know where to start. Or um, some people think, you know, they get paralyzed by the idea of like, you have to really know fashion, right? Like I, someone's like, I don't know what a midi skirt is. So what, like, <laughs> how could I possibly have style? And, and so what might you say to somebody who's in that very beginning stage and wondering like, why is this even relevant for me? You know, I think all of us have a style, whether we, you know, ascribe to one or not. This is a joke I had with my husband early in our marriage. And he was like, I don't have a style. I'm like, but you do. <laughs> you you put clothes on. Therefore, that is a style. Yeah. Um, so I think it's really a question of what what do we want to put out in the world every day? Are we wearing a style without realizing it? And we want to maybe tweak it. And, uh, and, and I, I feel like we should give ourselves permission to be creative, to experiment a little bit, and to just be a little more playful with it. You know, it doesn't have have to be so serious. Yeah. I love that you said that giving permission, because that's something I actually experienced years ago M myself personally was I did kind of feel like I had to give myself permission. Like, oh, I, I like having my nails done, but like, I would think, oh, that's frivolous or whatever. And I had to kind of give myself permission that that's part of how I express myself. And I enjoy that. And it's part of how God made me. That's a good thing. God made us good, right? So yes. I think that 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 idea of having to give ourselves permission is really key. And, and so many women, especially moms, are, are struggling with that idea. We think, you know, this is an indulgence. This is vanity. I don't have time for that. It's money. What might you say to somebody who's rejecting it for those reasons? You know, I think when we have that sort of resistance, there may be something deeper there we need to examine through our prayer. But I think the first place you can start is just with something small and notice what are those things that make me feel good when I'm having a really overwhelming day? You know, maybe it is going to get your nails done and maybe you haven't done it in 10 years and it might just make the world of difference for you. Give it a try, you know, just give it a try and see what your intentions are in that. Um, sometimes we get so wrapped up in our mind about what, you know, are we being materialistic? Are we being this? It's like, well, why don't we just examine our intentions and, and try that thing and see, see what happens, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And how, how do husbands fit into this equation? Because you mentioned your husband and his style. Um, but I found it interesting as I've been exploring my own expression of style over the years that my husband actually cares quite a lot about these things. Like he has an opinion and he has things he prefers that I'll wear or do with my hair or whatever. And it doesn't always line up exactly with mine. How, how do you suggest that people navigate that? I love this. It's so funny. I, I love when husbands share their thoughts on this. It's, to me, it's like the sweetest thing that they really care. They want us to feel confident. They want us to feel good about ourselves. And they notice when we put in, put in some effort too. And I think it just means the world to them. But there are definitely moments in my style journey where I was wearing something that was totally an expression of that moment. And it wasn't necessarily me, mm -hmm. but he always gave me that runway to try it, you know, to, it. to see how I feel. And, um, and I think if husbands could do that, we will figure it out eventually, you know, we will figure out what that style looks like eventually. And, uh, my husband spoke a lot of truth to me in my style in one particular example, where I just kept trying to be a girl that wore dresses, never felt confident in these dresses. I always feel much more confident in pants. Mm -hmm. He just said, Nicole, just wear pants. It's okay. <laughs> it's fine. And I was like, thank you. <laughs> a little Again, bit of masculine genius for you there. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> 
That is so great. I love that. And husbands can be such a great ally in oh, yeah. as you're navigating these things. I know for sure my husband has one, one of the, the worst fashion moments that I had in recent history was trying on a pair of jeans that I had no business trying on. Like they weren't designed for a person like me. They weren't designed for a person with my body type. They weren't designed for somebody my age. Like it was the worst. And I was just I was in tears by the end of it. But maybe you could maybe speak to women who have that kind of experience. Some women like dread the dressing room, right? In in stores Absolutely. and or bathing suit season or, you know, thinking along those lines that women have such a complicated relationship with their own bodies. How do you suggest we go about, you know, exploring new fashion, but in a way that's respectful of our bodies and our relationship with our body? I love this question. I feel like we could do a whole podcast just on this theme, um, but but to keep it short, you know, I think the first thing that we need to acknowledge is that Christ loves us right where we are, whether that's not where we want to be. You know, we might have mm-hmm. this image of, oh, when I lose the weight or, oh, when I finally find that pair of jeans that fit, then I'll, you know, do this and this and this. And that's so limiting. You know, we have to you know, people say that phrase, give yourself grace, but it truly is so important in the dressing room with clothes. We have to, first of all, know that, that, that Christ loves us right where we are. But the second part of it is just embracing our measurements. And I, I talk about this in my book. We go through as women, our bodies change so much from motherhood, health things, you know, just hormones <laughs> in general, yeah, it's huge. you know? <laughs> so I think it's important for us to kind of have a little bit of ownership in the matter and say, okay, you know what? You're like back to the days when they used to make tailored clothing. I know my measurements. I know what's going to suit me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know what is going to fit my lifestyle. And I think once we have a little bit of more clarity on those two things, it, it's not going to make the, the feelings of shame or the feelings of worry go away. But I think it does empower us to then go to the dressing room, be able to hold something up and say, oh my gosh, this wasn't cut for my shaped torso, or mm-hmm. this wasn't made for a larger bust, or this doesn't work with my hip size, you know, and just being completely free in that. You know, yeah. the only problem is that, of course, clothing brands aren't made to suit every single body type, which is right. very difficult. Um, but I think we can find shapes of clothing that suit us better. And of course, I go into all of this in the book that maybe we're not finding like the perfect pair of pants, but maybe we can find the perfect skirt or the perfect dress and, and right. finding ways to kind of, kind of be flexible on that. Yeah, I think that's great because it's, it is so important to be flexible and to realize not all forms of fashion are designed for every body type and every oh, yeah. person. And, um, you know, so what what are some things that don't work for you? For example, you mentioned that the dresses and or do you have any like things that are just crossed off your like for me? I, I will not wear shoulder cutouts. Like, no. Like, when that was worn everywhere, I was so uncomfortable. I was I like, felt, no. I was like, <laughs> I felt cold all the time for people. And I'm just, you know, and now it's it's sort of a past trend now. But like, looking back on that, I was like, you know what? There are some things that are kind of passing trends and everybody's jumping on board yes. that maybe just absolutely will not work for you. Isn't that right? Absolutely. And you know what? Worthy of wearing is not about ascribing to the latest trends. This is about finding clothes that suit your body right now in the life that you're living. Mm -hmm. Um, But the things that don't suit me are pastels. When I wear pastels, I look very sick. But when I see pastels (laughs) on other people, I'm like, oh, I wish I could wear that. It's so pretty. Um, Or, you know, big prints on me just kind of look too big. And Mm -hmm. so I just don't wear them. And also just things that are a little more on the frilly side. That's just not my personal taste, but I 
love seeing it on other women. So I think right. a lot of times we compare and we think like, well, she's wearing it, so I should try it. Exactly. Um, but you know, we all have different coloring. We all have different body shapes and not everything works for every woman. Yeah. Yeah. I fall prey to that. Like I'm looking through a catalog. I'm like, this, this looks fantastic. But sometimes I just stop and say, well, look at the body type of that model wearing it. <laughs> Nothing like mine. So maybe it won't look quite the same when I, I try it on at home. And I've experienced that many times. So that lesson has been reinforced. But let's, let's talk about sizes because this is such an emotionally laden thing for women. And I know I personally, like during years where I was like having babies, breastfeeding, you know, postpartum, all of those things, your body goes through so many changes. And I remember one time in particular, I was really struggling because I was like, like the in-between after baby, feeling like I should be back to my quote-unquote normal size, not there yet, and just really feeling uncomfortable in all of my clothes like, that I had and, you know, and all of that. And I remember I went to the store and I bought like three different pairs of pants in a size that was not my size, quote-unquote, but it absolutely was my size at that moment. And it felt terrible, like buying that size. But then I realized how great I felt when I put on those clothes because, whoa, they actually fit and they suited me and they were flattering. And so let's talk about that. What, what's your experience with that, that size kind of mentality? I have had like the identical experience, <laughs> honestly. Um, and it was my younger sister when I, first, when I had my first, she did not have any babies, but she said to me, you know, Nick, you got to just go buy a couple pairs of jeans. You know, mm. you can't just keep trying to like squeeze into your old pants and then your maternity clothes are falling off. You know, there is just such, like you said, it's a very freeing moment when you let go of whatever that tag says and you actually just buy clothes that fit mm -hmm. your body so you can go out of your house and be happy yes. <laughs> that your clothes aren't <laughs> cutting off your circulation. <laughs> yeah, I find that like if you're squeezing on a pair of jeans or whatever it is, you, the whole time you're wearing them, they're uncomfortable and reminding you that you're not the, that size and what a miserable experience that can be for sure. Um, yes. So when I was looking at the concept of your book, it reminded me a little bit of um, Mary Sheehan Warren. Are you familiar with her? I'm not. Okay. She's a tan author, but I don't think her first book was published by tan. Her first book was called It's So You, and it wasn't explicitly a Catholic book, but she is a Catholic mom of five. And she, like back when I read her book, that's probably been about 10 years. Mm, um, no, every time I say 10 years, it's actually like 15. So <laughs> <laughs> let's say it was 15 years ago. This okay. book came out. Anyway, what I thought was really, she's kind of got a fun way of kind of presenting style and finding out what suits you, but she had some kind of hard rules that I found a little bit fun to think about. One of her hard and fast rules for that she just said everybody should adhere to was don't buy clothes in a store that also sells light bulbs. <laughs> and I was like, Huh. And that really stayed with me. And I don't actually do it because I actually think Target has some pretty nice things. <laughs> but um, do you what, do you have any concepts like that that you would say th this generally is going to apply to everybody? I think this should be a principle most people have in their their life of style. Well, I don't think I have anything quite as firm as that. The only <laughs> thing I the only thing I will say is that I really believe we should all have a Sunday best and kind of keep that as something that's ready to go for mass every Sunday. And the reason why is that it's a, it's a mental thing as well as like a physical thing. Like number one, the practical part is your clothes are always ready for church on Sunday. Nice, right. But the other part of it is that you're sort of entering into this mindset of like, 
these clothes are set apart for when I see Christ, for when I go to mass, this is something I reserve just for him. Mm-hmm. And I started doing that about a year ago and it made a huge difference for me just in being able to get ready faster. And also just knowing like, these are my clothes when I go visit Jesus, you know? Um, so I would really encourage everyone to have a, a really special Sunday best that you kind of rotate seasonally um, to, to have something that's just dedicated for that. I love that. And I, I've kind of practiced that a little bit over the years. And you're right. It helps to really have something at the ready. Maybe I'll have like two options or something during a certain season that I'll, I'll turn to. That makes it simple. But I've been practicing a little bit, like just staying in those clothes for the day, because like even after you go to mass, like just staying in them. And I just actually this past Sunday when um, after mass, Dan and I were going to go out somewhere and he was like, oh, we're doing elegant all day. And I was like, yeah, we are. <laughs> but I mean, I think it's, it's really, it's so funny how just something as simple as the clothing you have on affects the mood, affects the people around you affects how you feel about the day and can set a day like Sunday apart. Oh yeah. And, and, you know, you think of shows like Downton Abbey and the reason why people fall in love with them, these kind of period pieces is that um, there's this elegance, you know, and mm-hmm. they were just home. Maybe their home was a palace, but they were just <laughs> home writing letters, having tea, talking to grandma, you know, these things that right. um, they totally change how you carry yourself, how you sit, how you speak. And it's, it's just beautiful to be able to let yourself um, feel that way, especially on a Sunday. Yeah, I think it's a, a really nice thing to do, a kind of a gift you can give to yourself and to your family. Oh, um, yeah. And, and let's talk about the example that you can be to your your own children, especially daughters. You know, this is something that, that comes to mind when we talk about this concept of worthy of wearing. How can we pass along that idea to our daughters? How can we be effective in doing that? We're, we're trying so hard to help our daughters have healthy relationship with their own bodies, but also, you know, I've got teenagers myself and I know that there's always that battle between like what's cool, what's fashionable, what's modest. How do you go about, I don't think your kids are quite that old yet, but what are your plans for how to have those conversations? Yeah, right now I have, my my daughter is about to turn seven. So she's still on the young side, but she very much has had an interest in style since she was little. So we've been Mm -hmm. talking about it really since she could pick out her own clothes. Right. And um, I think two key things here are that we as moms have to model to our daughters how we speak about ourselves and our bodies Um, and also how we dress and how we behave, right? Because that's all just one big package. Um, And the other thing is that we have to allow them within some boundaries, ways to let themselves express themselves with clothing, whether it's the same as us or not, especially Mm -hmm. if it's not. I think that's a big thing that I see is that it's like, well, mom wears a cardigan and khakis, therefore you have to wear a cardigan (laughs) and khakis, you know? And your daughter might be one that just, is totally different, you know, and mm-hmm. mine is like, I'm the all black everything. I love a black boot. I love a black leather jacket. And she's like my little anthro girl who wants the flowers <laughs> and the prints and the yellow and pink. And, so um, and we've had to have those conversations, you know, mama's style is different than yours. They're both good. They're mm-hmm. both good. They're both worthy of wearing. They're both special. Um, and it's how we express that, you know, interior of who we are. So, you know, giving them that creative space, I think is so important, especially when they're teenagers, because they will feel a lot of respect. And I think when you share that mutual respect of like, okay, 
let's go shopping. These are the things we're going to pick out, but I'm going to let you kind of mix and match and figure out what that looks like for you. Um, I think that goes a long way, especially when they're just dying to fit in with their friends and look relevant. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That becomes so important. I remember it from my own teenage years, but I also did almost die when my first daughter, when she was in those years, the first time she painted her fingernails black, I was like, oh, like... (laughs) I I laugh at myself now because I like dark polish now. Um, But it was just so scandalous to me because that wasn't something I would ever do. And so I think we do have to figure that out as moms. Like Mm -hmm. when our kids are choosing in whatever it is, something that's very different from us. But that's, in my opinion, part of the gift of parenthood that you get to see all of those different expressions of the way, unique ways that God has created us. Um, But we haven't talked about makeup yet. We have to talk about makeup. Because when you were part of the Catholic Mom Summit, I loved that you shared this little quickie five minute face, I think we called it. And um, it was just a tutorial, just the basics of wearing makeup. And now some women listening are like, forget it. Like, (laughs) I'm not going to wear makeup. (laughs) So maybe we can start with those people first. What what is your response to people who just outright reject the use of any makeup? You know, I think that that's, there's something beautiful in that and something Mm -hmm. to celebrate. And I I agree. There's so much, such an elegance when I see a woman who has just the most glowing, natural, beautiful skin Mm -hmm. and has not a stitch of anything on to me, that is just the epitome of elegance. So I think to those women embrace your skincare, embrace, you know, doing something for yourself in a way that cares for that skin. Um, and that just speaks for itself and makeup to me is like the sprinkles on the cake. You know, if you enjoy (laughs) sprinkles, you do, if you don't, you don't, it's okay, but I am one that loves it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love that. So people can um, check you out on Instagram because you you have tutorials and those kinds of things there. And you, you have your work with Beauty Counter there where you're sharing new products all the time and kind of giving those easy, I find them easy to follow tutorials. Like, you know, if you go on YouTube, you see all these like beauty vloggers and they're, you know, I, I've always been impressed with them, how together they are. And I love what you share, Nicole, because it's like Catholic version of that same awesome stuff. <laughs> So it's not somebody who's going to take me outside of my faith and lead me down, you know, this bitter road of materialism. But I I love that you you share from the perspective as a, a Catholic mom, but then we can so really enjoy these things too. Oh, absolutely. You know, and makeup is to me a, a beautiful way of just enhancing the, the natural features you already have. It's always been the type and aesthetic of makeup that I like. Obviously on YouTube, you can type in just about anything at all <laughs> and it can get a little scary there, but, yeah. um, you know, I think trying to find ways that you still look like yourself and just maybe with a little extra polish or a little extra color, I think is really fun. Yeah, absolutely. So we mentioned your Instagram, maybe share your handle so people can check you out over there. So they can find me on Instagram at NM Caruso. And I also have at worthy of wearing where they can check out more content from there. Oh, nice. Okay, great. And um, last question before we have to wrap up here, is there anything inside the book? I, st- I haven't gotten a copy in my hot little hands yet as of this recording time. I hope by the time this publishes, I will have it. But is there anything inside the book that you just are super excited to, to share with people? What, what particular aspect of the book are you super excited to share? You know, I think it would probably be, the book is separated into three parts. And the first part of the book to me is um, really a lot about my journey in coming to find my own self-worth. And I think from sharing Worthy of Wearing, I have connected with so many women that have said, me too, you know, Mm -hmm. and we have that moment where we're like, we've been there together. And I think it's a book that I think anyone could pick up, even someone who's not Catholic and resonate with this idea of growing in confidence and then seeing how Christ is the one that actually does that work. 
Excellent. I love that. And I can't wait for you to share this book with the world. Again, the title of the book is Worthy of Wearing, How Personal Style Expresses Our Feminine Genius. My guest today here on Girlfriends has been Nicole Caruso. Nicole, thank you so much for joining me here on Girlfriends. And thank you for sharing your gifts and your talents with the world the way that you do. Oh, thank you so much. It's such an honor. Coming up, we've got some listener feedback for you. Don't go anywhere. But first, we're going to have a quick break. I'm Danielle Bean, and you're listening to the Girlfriends Podcast. Hi, we're Jackie and Bobby Angel with Ascension Presents, and we wrote a book. Yay! Ta-da. Um, it's on discernment, which is figuring out the will of God in your life, which can be an exciting and yet exhausting endeavor. It's called Pray, Decide, and Don't Worry, Five Steps to Discerning God's Will. And we wrote it with Father Mike Schmitz from Ascension Presents. You might know him. <laughs> you may know that guy. The book is concise, but there's lots of wisdom for any person that really wants to do God's will and is a, it's a journey trying to figure out what God wants for your life. And so there's a lot of wisdom from things we've learned along the way. There's testimonies and, and parts of our stories to help you out. Really like, this is a book I wish I had as a young adult, like this would have helped me a lot in my 20s. Discernment is a question we get asked all the time. Where is God calling me? What am I called to? What vocation am I called to? How do I know if I'm supposed to take it, this job? How do I know this? So we wrote this book to help you along the way, to give five steps to discern whatever decision you're making, and hopefully to give that peace and that joy that will come from making that decision. And the, the main goal is to help you grow closer to God along the way. So maybe not you, maybe someone in your life is wrestling with a really tough decision and you want to give them some kind of resource or encouragement. It's for if you've got a big decision, period. Yeah. So go get your copy of Pray, Decide, and Don't Worry. Go buy one for a friend. Buy one for someone who's not your friend. Love your enemies. <laughs> buy them this book. <laughs> go to ascensionpress.com and get your copy today. Welcome back. Now we're at the point in the show where I like to share a listener question or some feedback from one of you. If you want to send in your own question or send in your own feedback for girlfriends, you can always email me, danielle at daniellebean.com. Bonus points if you send me a voicemail. Just record a voice memo on your phone and email it to me at that address. You know what? I get tired of just sharing my voice here on the podcast. I'd love to have your voice, add your voice to a future episode of Girlfriends. But Email works too. Also social media. I'm Danielle Bean on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Always glad to connect with you there. So this week, I heard from listener Joanna, who wrote to me, Hi, Danielle. I love your podcast, and Momnipotent is one of my favorite books. I was recently blessed by your interview with Kimberly Hahn. She is such a gift to the church. I felt inspired to bring my family together more often and prioritize dating my husband. I'll admit, though, I had a bit of whiplash at the end by the discussion of giving in to motherhood at home. I work full-time outside the home and have always felt guilty about it. However, I very much feel called to my profession. I can't imagine Kimberly believing that moms are better at home. Do you have any advice for working moms that can't or don't want to stay home? My work as a physical therapist is life-giving, I believe, and I want my daughter to be inspired by it. This interview had me questioning that, so I'm just wondering how we live out two vocations to the depth that you all talked about. Blessings, Joanna. Okay. Thank you, Joanna, for your question. And um, I have to admit, when I read your email, I was like, 
okay, did I miss something in that interview? So I went back and I re-listened, especially to the end where Kimberly's talking about mothers at home. And she was talking about being full-time dedicated as a mom at home, was mentioning how her her daughters have made that choice in their lives as well. And it's not one that they regret and she doesn't believe they'll ever regret. So yes, she was speaking very highly about the choice to be home full-time, but I don't believe she was at all condemning people whose lives don't match up with that exactly, that people who have different circumstances, moms who work outside the home in any capacity. I I don't think so at all. I think she was just very much praising that choice as a valid and a good one. So, you know, know that first of all, that and nobody's judging you or or telling you that you're doing the wrong thing. But I do want to say that each each family, each person, each each woman, each couple has to decide these things together. These decisions are very personal and they're very unique to you. So I can't tell you, you know, if you're doing right or wrong or any other thing, it's not my job to tell you that inside of what you're deciding in your family and how you're going to get the bills paid, but also how you're going to be balanced and, and have happiness in what you do every day. So for sure, nobody is trying to tell you that. But what Kimberly was doing and what I very much want to do, and you mentioned Momnipotent, very much what I wanted to do in that book is lift up the vocation of motherhood. And this idea that being full-time at home as a mom is a very valid choice and um, something that is a valuable use of your time and your energy and your work and your effort. And even people who work outside the home can prioritize their motherhood in ways that are deeply meaningful and that line up with our Catholic faith. So regardless of how your family gets paid or how you pay the bills or, you know, whatever that balance looks like in your family, first of all, that's going to probably change and shift as your family changes over the years, as your opportunities change over the years. And so just being open to the idea that there's no one right way to do that, I think it's extremely important. But you do mention, um, I'm looking for your exact words, I have always felt guilty about it, is what you say. I work full-time outside the home and have always felt guilty about it. So the only thing I want to say to you, Joanna, is if you're feeling guilty about it, is it is it valid guilt or is it not? I can't tell you that. It, you're going to have to explore that a little bit. And I think it's important to explore that a little bit. Are you feeling guilty because you you are neglecting something about your primary vocation to motherhood in, in a way that could be remedied? Are you feeling guilty just because you feel pulled in different directions? Are you feeling guilty because of outside influences? Are you feeling guilty because you're you're kind of comparing your life to other people's and feeling like you don't measure up? I don't know what the answers to those questions are, but I think it is important to examine those, especially in light of the fact that you say you are feeling guilty. That's something that's valid and that you should look at. There's no reason to go around feeling guilty all the time. You should fix whatever it is. And maybe it's not something you have to change about your work situation. It's something you have to change about your own perspective or the, the, you know, the, the influences you're allowing inside of your life. So perhaps that, but then you also mentioned, you know, that you really love your work and that it's life-giving. And I 100% believe that. So you're not really asking me for my advice on what you ought to do, but I thought it was worth pointing out that there's no one right way to do these things. There's no one right balance. I mean, look at my my family life. When, when we first got married, 
all I ever wanted to do was just be a full-time at-home mom. And at the start of our family life, I wasn't that. I worked outside the home because I was our source of health insurance and income while my husband was finishing up his degree in grad school. And I didn't like that. (laughs) I felt guilty all the time, even though uh, my daughter was with my mom and couldn't be with a better caregiver than that. Um, All of that, though, I get all of those feelings. And, um, you know, then I was full-time at home for many years before I began doing any kind of work at all. And the kind of work I did, I wasn't really looking for full-time outside of the home employment, but it's turned into that in a way that really does serve and benefit my family in a way that I'm sure that God is calling me to do right now. But that doesn't mean it's going to always look like this. I I very much try, and and Dan and I together very much try to be open to what's next, what God might be calling us to next. And some of the creative and different ways that we've balanced the obligation of earning money and supporting our family through the years have have been the last thing in the world either of us ever expected or planned. So we're trying to be open to what the future might hold for that. And I just want to encourage you, together with your husband, to be open to that as well. Some of the ways that you know you might be called to make an adjustment to your work schedule, to your husband's work schedule, or something else to accommodate your family life at home. I remember, I think it was like a year ago, I answered a different listener's question, who was a mom at home for many years, and she was going to go back to work She for various reasons she needed to. And um, her kids were a little bit older, so it wasn't like leaving babies, but still, it was very much a hard adjustment for her. And she was having trouble coming to terms with that. So, you know, regardless of where we're at with it and what our current circumstances are, I think we all kind of struggle with those, there are a lot of feelings attached to how we spend our time, uh, whether or not we work outside the home. Thank goodness there are lots of creative and flexible ways that we can we can work these days and support our families while still being devoted first and foremost to our families. And that applies to men as well as to women. So um, I, I love that there are many different flexible options that are available for work these days. And if that's something that you're interested in, for sure, I would encourage you to explore those options if you determine that the way that you're feeling guilty is valid in some way and that something ought to be done to uh, change your current circumstances. But this is an emotional topic for women. I think it's been my experience that it's been less so, but maybe that's just because of the stage of life that I'm at. There seems to be, in young motherhood especially, a lot of judgment, not only you know from other people to us and from us to other people, but even more, more so in our own minds and in our own hearts that we're not at peace so much. I, I just, I really distinctly recall that feeling among myself and my peers when I was a young mom, a new mom. There were so many things I was uncertain about and kind of a way of grappling with that uncertainty uh, and not a correct way, of course, is um, through kind of being adamant about our choices and wanting to insist that there's one right way and it's the way that we're doing it, that kind of thing. But life has taught me that that's not a wise way to approach life, regardless of your situation. Uh, certainly not a, a wise way to approach some of these big decisions and very personal decisions that affect you and affect your family life and in very personal ways. So Joanna, I just want to encourage you to fully explore what's going on in your own heart and your mind with regard to your work and your your family and the balance that you have in your own home and in your own family these days. 
I'll, I'll pray for you to have peace in whatever you decide is best. And um, I want to thank you for reaching out. I really appreciate your questions because that's what this podcast is all about. I really want to be available to people who have questions like Joanna or others. Whatever's going on in your life, I want to be here for you. I want to provide support and encouragement for you along the way. So if you have a question or a topic you'd like for me to take up on the on a future episode of Girlfriends, I would love to hear from you. You can send me an email, danielle at daniellebean.com. Connect with me on Voxer. The link to connect with me on Voxer is in the show notes of every episode of the Girlfriends Podcast at ascensionpress.com. All right, that's all the time we have for this week. But one last reminder, head over to ascensionpress.com and pre-order your copy of Whisper, Finding God in the Everyday. Time is running out for those pre-orders and I don't want you to miss your chance to get that free download of the companion journal only available when you pre-order the book. So that's a limited time offer over at ascensionpress.com. Thank you so much for those of you who have been sending me encouraging notes about the book, but thank you most importantly, just for being here today. Thanks for being a part of the Girlfriends Podcast. Your presence here is so encouraging to me. It's a real gift to me and everyone who participates here in the Girlfriends community. So thank you for that. Thank you for being here. And I hope you enjoy your day and God bless your week. Girlfriends is a collaboration between daniellebean.com and Ascension, the leader in Catholic faith formation. 